0: To really work. <laughs> From the Rich Eisen Show Studio in Los Angeles.
1: No one thinks anything of us. This is the Rich Eisen Show. And who in this here national radio mosh pit has been saying over and over and over again? Rich Eisen. Today's guest. Host of Peacock's Pro Football Talk. Mike Florio. Yahoo Sports columnist Dan Wetzel. Co-host of Good Morning Football. Jason McCourty. From the showtime drama City on a Hill. Actor Kevin Bacon. Oh.
0: And now, it's Rich
1: Eisen. All right, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We're live on the air from Los Angeles, California. We've got ourselves fun three hours getting ready for the final weekend of this entire calendar year in which there will be no National Football League teams in their training camps, in their facilities. It'll be fantastic. We've got this... By this point next week, actually by this point next Tuesday, everyone's up and at them. Every single facility will be filled all the way through to the end of the regular season. That's how it works this very weekend. Everybody enjoy your last weekend without any football. Uh, even though there should be no such thing, and uh, and then off we go. Very, very, very excited for what's to come next week when everybody shows up to training camp and everybody starts digging into their rosters, and certainly uh, questions begin to get answered. There are so, still some questions that we haven't gotten answered yet, and I, you know, I I know it's a last-minute league, but um, it is definitely something that kind of surprises me that some of these. Stories have yet to be answered, and we'll get to that in a second. I just realized I I haven't said hello to you, uh, Chris Brockman. Hey, Rich. Good to see you over there. What's up, man? I realize I haven't said hello to you, uh, DJ Mikey D. Good morning, Rich. How you doing? I also realize uh, I haven't said hello to you, TJ Jefferson. The candle's been lit. Yes, it has. Good Good to see you over there. What's going on? Good to see you over there good to be seeing. i love it uh and it's Woo. good to see everybody out there on nbc sports on peacock nbc sports sirius xm channel 85 everybody listening on this terrestrial radio network from coast to coast um on the rich eisen show terrestrial radio network so close to 50 strong very excited about that our odyssey app listeners our podcast listeners on the cumulus podcast network and everybody also checking things out on our youtube stream when it's all over youtube.com slash rich eisen show um so here are the stories i'm kind of surprised aren't done and i know it's a midnight league it's a stroke of midnight league nothing gets done until it's done until it has to absolutely positively get done uh unless uh, i guess you're the arizona cardinals and kyler murray and you get it done a few days before although yesterday was the day that quarterbacks are supposed to start showing up in arizona and murray showed up and he's got himself a new deal I can't believe we still haven't heard anything as of right now on Deshaun Watson's suspension. I don't know at all what's going on, and that's part of the reason why we've got Mike Florio coming up first. But the Cleveland Browns need to know what's going on. The Cleveland Browns need to know what's going on, and I guess this is part and parcel of bringing Deshaun Watson in that you run the risk of uncertainty. As of right now, the Friday before training camp, maybe we're waiting, uh, maybe sometime in the next three hours we'll hear, maybe sometime over the next three days we will hear. But by next Tuesday, the Cleveland Browns in their cross-country mortgage campus (laughs) in Berea, Ohio, are going to open up training camp. And uh, is Deshaun Watson going to really be allowed to walk in there? without knowing his future Uh, I guess the Browns prepared yesterday by reportedly signing Josh Rosen who I'm thrilled to hear getting an opportunity and the fact that Rosen signs with Cleveland on the day that Kyler Murray gets generationally enriched is really the football gods kind of winking at everybody but right now we don't know what's going on with Deshaun Watson right now Debo Samuel is up in the air still. Debo Samuel, by this point, the San Francisco 49ers, next week at the SAP Performance Facility in Santa Clara, California. He's going to have to walk in. Is he going to walk in and hold in? Is there nothing going on on that front? This guy is as important to this team Name any other player that's not a quarterback that is as important to this team as he is. You could say he's more important to this team than the quarterback is. How about that? How many wide receivers slash offensive players can you say that about? That's how good he's become. That's how much he means to the team's identity. I am. I know that um, it's... Like I said, a midnight stroke of midnight at 12.05 a.m. league. Things don't get done until they absolutely last second have to get done. I'm kind of surprised, to be very honest with you, that we haven't heard a single thing about DK Metcalf either. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Seattle's got to sign this guy. I mean, at some point, you're going to get a new quarterback, right? (laughs) At some point unless Drew Locke is lightning in a bottle and he finds himself a new spot up I mean, in I mean, Seattle and they, their system is somehow suited for him more than whatever was going down in, in Denver. You know, with all due respect to Russ's new targets down there in Denver, wouldn't you put DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett up there with two of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL? Chris, if you had to name top duos. wide receiver duos yeah. in the National Football League. Top five, no doubt. Uh, I mean, I'm going through my head right now trying to think of somebody that you'd put above them. Fully healthy, Evan and Godwin. Evan, Evan and, and Godwin. Evan and Godwin. Uh, uh, Cooper Cup and, and Allen Robinson. And Allen Robinson, if they're healthy, even though we haven't seen Allen Robinson be healthy and be active and. Have a ball thrown to him in considerable uh, now that, fashion. Now that Russ
0: is in Denver, maybe Judy and Sutton, <laughs> DeAndre Hopkins, and whoever
1: lines up outside with him. I mean, you're talking about DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You're what are you going to just break that thing up? But it is about the it's about the wide receiver market. You don't know what are you going to pay. You're going to pay somebody a uh, hundred million dollars to catch a football. Or, you know, you've got the ability to get him in the fold and have him and lock it ready for lock to lock it and then lock to DK or Gino to lock it, Gino to DK? I mean, what are you gonna just tap out on the whole season? You're gonna I mean, these guys aren't getting traded now. You're not trading anybody right now for draft choices next year. That ain't happening. You gotta keep these guys happy. Kind of surprised these things are still lingering out there. Well, I guess not so surprised as well at the same time because it is, as I said, a 12 5 league. Am I missing anything else that's still outstanding? The Baker Mayfield scenario played out. Jimmy G, I'm not surprised, has not played out because the guy had surgery on his shoulder.
0: But he's back throwing. Making the throws.
1: These are all going to be answered in the next four weeks. And... I'm assuming it's got to be the next four days because Tuesday's when training camps are opening. And now comes the question of what happens in the quarterback market. Out of everybody yesterday, not named Murray or in the Murray family or anybody associated with Kyler Murray's representation, the happiest person walking planet Earth had to have been Lamar Jackson. And then after that, has to be Justin Herbert, has to be Joey Burrow. Everybody who can get paid now or anybody who is going into their third year of their contract in their rookie contract has got to look at what Kyler Murray's been paid and say, well, this is great. (laughs) Because I'm going to get more than that. And fill in the blank, is so-and-so worth it? And don't lose that intensity and that same energy, Chris, if the Los Angeles Chargers don't make the playoffs or if they do and they're one-and-done in the playoffs. Is Justin Herbert worth it?
0: I will keep that energy.
1: (laughs) I had that energy long
0: ago about Matthew Stafford. And now he earned it.
1: That's why you've got to pay these guys, keep them in the fold, surround them with the team, and eventually win with them. As opposed to just letting them walk. It took Matt Stafford wh- a dozen years. Like I said, one day there will be a team that says, we're done here because we're not going to pay you what you need to be paid or what the market says that you be that, that is required that you are, are to be paid right now. And we'd rather just go back into the quarterback pool in the draft and start again and win in somebody's rookie contract and spread the money around an entire salary cap roster that you can win a Super Bowl. with. That's going to happen one day. The question is, what will happen one day as well? Will there be an owner who can't afford it? You can say, Rich, get out of here. Every team's making an insane amount of money. Anybody who guarantees all of this money in the NFL has to cut a check and put it in escrow so the NFL has it and knows that you can pay it. When you guarantee dollars, you have to make sure you're guaranteed to pay it. So you've got to put it up front. Can't say I'm good for
3: it. Pay that man his money.
1: Will there be an owner who's basically like, yeah, you know, you could look at my bottom line, I'll open the books. I'm I can't scratch a check for 200 million bucks. I can't do it. I can't scratch that check like right now? Like right now. Like I can I can I can pay it over time. Liquid.
0: Liquid. Okay. Can't do it.
1: You said something beforehand before this show, Chris, that I found very fascinating. You know, if I was that type of host to hear it from one of my producers and I didn't just use it as my own and seem smarter. <laughs> You can do that, I don't mind. But you pointed out that all of a sudden the Cincinnati Bengals are in the market of putting a a name on their stadium that's uh, not named Brown. Yeah, it's that gonna they're be gonna they're, yeah. gonna they're gonna sell their signage yeah. on their stadium yeah, for the first time. Blankety blank at Paul Brown Stadium. Why would they do that all of a sudden? Why really would they change tradition? been 50 something years (laughs) maybe they're looking over the steering wheel and know at some point an escrow check's gonna have to be scratched for one joey burrow who's entering his third year of his contract Mm -hmm. and kyler murray just showed you know what you can get paid a lot of money after the third year of your contract you don't have to wait to the fourth year it would be just like the bengals to say well our standard is after four years so too bad but maybe just maybe they they're they're trying to make a little uh revenue raise right now in their world, knowing they've gotta cut this check because Jimmy Haslam guaranteed all of Deshaun Watson's money. And Michael Bidwell dodged that bullet. Kyler Murray accepting 160 of his two hundred and thirty some odd million in guaranteed dollars he didn't say i want just a little bit more than deshaun watson and i want it all guaranteed otherwise i'm not coming in will lamar do that right now for baltimore i'm just showing you how things are developing in the nfl before everybody shows up for training camp and we've before we start losing ourselves in the actual football of it all which is going to be great can't wait for that but the business of football the way it is playing out right now is one guy has a contract that every dollar is guaranteed he might not even play this year because of the off the field stuff as we say another guy just got signed to a contract who's never won a playoff game after just three years Not all of his money is guaranteed. There's a kid in Baltimore who has a much better resume than Kyler Murray. He's already won an MVP. He's already won a playoff game. He can look the Ravens in the eye and say, I do want every dollar guaranteed. What is Steve Bichotti going to do? Because he's up next on that front. And after that, come the Chargers with Herbert and the Bengals with Burrow. I proffer to say no matter how well Tua might do with the Dolphins retooled roster, he's not going to get that contract after three years. But these are the things that are playing out behind the scenes with Cincinnati and the Chargers as Kyler just got his, Lamar's going, I mean, your your, your guess is as good as mine. I imagine Florio's is better, and that's why Mike Florio's on this program. Dan Wetzel of Yahoo's on this show as well, as the world of college football is changing. That's professional football now, as you all know. Jason McCordy, I'm going to have a little entry interview for him. Nice. Uh, as he is joining Good Morning Football, he is retired from the National Football League. He is joining Good Morning Football. It's funny. The, uh, I got notes from his people. Uh, they'd like to hit on the fact that he's joined Good Morning Football. Oh. Uh, I'm aware of that. <laughs> and also in the notes, Emmy Award winning Good Morning Football. I'm aware of that, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come are. on. We all are. Just rub, rub it in. We all are. Jeez. Thanks for the heads up. Happy to have him. Did they not know? By the way, <laughs> I am happy to have him. No,
0: he's awesome. But did they not know we were in we're the aware same of it. category? We're aware of it.
1: We get it. But McCordy uh, is going to join the uh, breakfast table on uh, on Monday, love so uh, this will be sort of an entry interview um, for Jason McCordy, and uh, and then in hour number three, Kevin Bacon in studio. City on a Hill is back on Showtime. Right. He's great in it. I love the show. We've got a great um, we've got a great uh, celebrity true or false setup for him. It's he might be the first guest ever that we've played celebrity true or false with on this show twice. Because his filmography and TV history is so vast and deep, deep, we could go in so many different directions. So he's going to join us in hour number three, and uh, Mike Del Tufo uh, has brought uh, a couple of Footloose albums here for him to sign. Right? Yes. Hey, okay, you, Mike. Okay. That's nice. Very good. Out of the uh, collection. Out of the, the collection. Archive. Very good. So, uh, and then there's you at 844-204-RICH. Number to dial uh, a uh, uh, what's more likely Friday for the National Football League. And then T.J. Jefferson's big-ass grab bag has to do with the, w- the world of baseball, which uh, for two games yesterday I stopped following. But I'm back now. <laughs> I'm back now. <laughs>
3: What a front runner. July 22nd. <laughs> it's all good just a so week July, July 22nd. <laughs> what day is it? July 22nd. Day
1: after the Astros swept the Yankees and well. <laughs> took five of seven from them this year. Glad I don't see them. Hopefully I won't see them in October either. 844-204-RICH. Number to dial. When we come back, Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. Back here on the uh, Rich Eisen Show, our terrestrial radio audience will rejoin in just a couple minutes' time, and that's when we'll bring in our friend Mike Florio here on, uh, on the program. Uh, I just saw he tweeted out from Pro Football Talk uh, from, that, uh, from his, his page, his site, um, per source, a whopping $9.3 million of the Kyler Murray deal is tied to his participation in off-season workouts.
0: Interesting. That seems like a lot.
1: <laughs> that's why he used the word whopping. You know, um, damn. Has he not been? Is it? Has he not been showing up?
0: Or he's been off doing his own thing? I mean, that's I, been kind of a trend lately of quarterbacks. They kind of
1: do their own thing until it's mandatory. Well, no, I mean, that's one way to make somebody show up for for that stuff. Is nine million bucks?
0: Did Rodgers forfeit a bunch of that in recent years? He had a lot of workout bonus money and just kind of was like, whatever.
1: I, 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 I don't recall. I think so. Kind of coughed it up a little bit. But Kyler Murray, man, has got the whole world looking at him. And he's not going to have DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games of his new uh, found world of being one of the top paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Although that's a a contract extension that doesn't happen until next year, I believe. But at any rate, Kyler Murray's been paid. The question is, what about Lamar and what about everybody else that's going to be after that and Herbert and Burrow and more? Back here on the Terrestrial Radio Network, The Rich Eisen Show, one big happy family with Peacock and also NBC Sports Audio, Sirius XM, Channel 85, the man who kicks things off, off every single day right here on Peacock. NBC Sports on Peacock is the founder uh, and creator of Pro Football Talk and PFT Live, and also the uh, the author of Playmakers, where all books are still available. For that, for you to read, is none other than Mike Florio back here on the show on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line. How you doing, Mike?
2: Doing great, Rich. How are you, pal?
1: I am doing fine. So uh, what what's your read of the uh, Murray contract and take on it
2: from Well, that? it's... It's far worse than the Deshaun Watson deal, even though it was presented as better. $46.1 million, new money average. Deshaun Watson got $46 million, but that's only part of the story. Kyler Murray signed for seven years. The five-year extension gets added to the two years I already had. He's going to make under $38 million per year. Not that we need to have a bake sale for him, but when we're talking about comparing these contracts, that's far short of Deshaun Watson. And, again, he's tied up for seven years. And he only has $100 million, again, only. We should all be so underpaid. $100 million in fully guaranteed money, where Watson has $230 million. So Watson's deal much better. Watson was in a much better circumstance to get the Browns to put the money on the table that he did. He had four teams chasing him. Kyler Murray was under contract for two more years with two franchise tags after that. So he did the best deal that he could under his circumstances. And, Rich, it dawned on me this morning... I think what happened with Baker Mayfield, his very close friend and former Oklahoma teammate in Cleveland last year, I think at the end of the day that probably got Kyler Murray to take the deal because Baker Mayfield didn't take the best deal that the Browns would have given last year. In week two, shoulder injury, his career goes haywire, and now he's just trying to hang on and win the starting job in Carolina. Kyler Murray sees that, I believe, and says, I'm taking the certainty even though some of these basic factors pale in comparison to what Deshaun Watson got.
1: So Arizona held the line, and by that I mean uh, they were the first organization up after Watson signed his fully guaranteed deal, um, and thus the Cardinals did not fully guarantee their deal, and that uh, I think is something that I'm sure the other member clubs of the National Football League are are pleased to hear. Does that mean – um, they're free and clear, the rest of the teams, that the the Cardinals just kind of reset and recalibrated things on that level? What is your sense on that?
2: Well, I guarantee My- you the Ravens and owner Steve Bishotti, who was one of the owners who spoke out about the Watson deal at the league meetings in March, will take that position. And I said last year when Josh Allen got his contract, Lamar Jackson should want that deal. When Deshaun Watson got his contract, Lamar Jackson should want that deal. Now that Murray's deal is done, the Ravens should want jackson to take that same deal with maybe a little bit more thrown on top of it because it's only hundred million fully guaranteed here's the practical difference and here's why i think the cardinals didn't do it i don't think that michael bidwell has the ability to put hundred and sixty nine million dollars into escrow by march thirty one of next year which is what jimmy haslam has to do on the watson contract the way it works out i had someone explain it to me at the time two hundred thirty million fully guaranteed contract signed this year By March 31 of next year, $169 million had to be put in escrow. Some teams aren't going to have the cash on hand to do it. They've got the cash flow to pay the guy year in and year out, and the funding rule is in place to protect players against teams that may go out of business. Nobody's going out of business, not today. Maybe 50 years ago, but not today. The TV money is going to pay these contracts that the players are due. So you're going to have some teams that can afford – to fully guarantee because of this stupid funding rule that is grossly outdated, and some teams just can't. I suspect that Michael Bidwell can't or at a minimum won't put $169 million in escrow, and that's relevant to Joe Burrow in Cincinnati because if any owner isn't going to be willing or able hmm. to put a gigantic ton of money into an escrow account, it's Mike Brown who has run the Bengals for decades. So that is where there's going to be a disconnect. So it creates an advantage for the teams that have the money, if you're competing for free agents and you can fully guarantee a deal, because some teams just aren't going to be able to do it. And I think that's the trend to watch going forward.
1: We were talking about it just moments ago, Mike, is that uh, it it wasn't lost on us that the Bengals are finally talking about putting somebody else's name on the stadium other than Paul Brown's and that they're selling some rights that they never thought or they never were interested in or never endeavored to sell – And that could possibly be them saying, I'm going to have to, you know, Brown or the Brown family saying they're going to have to cut a check to escrow for Joe Burrow in the somewhat near future. And maybe they're making a, it's like a, a capital raise that they're doing right now. What do you think?
2: I think that makes a lot of sense, Rich. It's been a point of contention for years. Prior to the 2011 CBA, which came after an extended lockout, there were arguments among owners. And I heard a story about, and I I assume it's been reported that Jerry Jones and Mike Brown got into it because of the failure of Mike Brown to fully capitalize his team. And Jerry Jones said, you know, I'll take those naming rights and I'll sell them in five minutes. You know, just an example of the way that Mike Brown wasn't maximizing his local revenue and living off of the shared revenue where he benefits from having a team like the Cowboys in the league that drives up the value of the TV deals. So, I think that they're recognizing if we're going to keep Joe Burrow over the long term, if we're going to make him happy, if he's going to be satisfied here, we have to change the way we do things. And it's not just what we pay him, it's how we go about putting players Around him. Now, they have yet to break from one of the most outdated practices in the league, which is refusing to guarantee money for veteran contracts other than quarterbacks beyond the first year. The Packers and the Bengals are the last two to hold the line there. The Bengals at some point are going to have to change that. They're going to have to do with Jamar Chase, or they're going to have a hard time keeping him. That's the downside of having a great team. It's expensive to have a great team, it's expensive to hold a great team together. And I think there are teams out there, and I think historically the Bengals have been one of them, that look at it and say, you know, we can still make a crap load of money. We can make a lot of profit by just kind of going through the motions and aspiring to be middle of the pack. You know, wins and losses go a long way toward determining the value of a team. Money in the bank is the ultimate determining factor. And the the Bengals have been doing as well as anyone because they're sharing that massive money that comes through the league's coffers. So I, I think that this is a tangible sign that they recognize. If they're going to hold this team together now with Joe Burrow, they really do have to approach it more like a business than they ever have.
1: Friend of the program, Mike Florio, here on the Rich Eisen Show, Peacock's PFT Live, kicking off NBC Sports on Peacock every day. To Dan Patrick, to this Right here, program to the rest uh, current conversation. So um, what is the scoop with James Garoppolo? Uh, I mean, didn't they kind of give him an opportunity to to uh, seek a trade back in March? Did uh, they just refresh it? They hit refresh on the, on the offer to let him find his new spot?
2: You know, it reminds me of when up? George told Sienna, the woman named after a crayon, that he loved her the second time. <laughs> and she said, I heard you the first time. Because this wasn't news. And and look, I'm not going to get into the whole sausage-making process in this setting. But there's a lot of favor trading that happens. There's a lot of stuff that happens for reasons other than it's really news. And sometimes old news gets repackaged as new news to maybe pull the ripcord on a lawnmower that still hasn't started yet. Garoppolo's been available for months. So this week's news reminds everyone that Garoppolo is still available. And I think the big takeaway is nobody wants him, especially not for anything close to $25 million, which is what he's due to make this year, or whatever the 49ers are going to want in trade. I mean, good luck getting any real value when Baker Mayfield got a fifth-round pick for the Browns, who still have to pay him $10.5 million, and the Panthers are only paying him $5 bucks. That's the ceiling. On Garoppolo, and that's not going to be good news for the 49ers. So I, I think that they're going to have a hard time placing him. I still have a weird gut feeling about the Texans. Nick Casario, the GM there, drafted Jimmy Garoppolo in 2014. And if Casario really does want, and this is the way you play it, you slow play it, you act like you're all in with Davis Mills, and you just wait for the opportunity to buy low. And so I wouldn't expect there to be any indication that they want to do it, but it wouldn't surprise me if they do it, because I think Garoppolo is good enough to take a four-win team and make them an eight-, nine-win team if they really want to do that, if they're not doing the full-season let's-position-ourselves-to-get-a-franchise-quarterback-next-year game. But I, I could see him in, in Houston, but there really isn't any place out there, and there hasn't been a place out there that we look at and say – yeah, I got a feeling he's going to end up there. I mean, we knew for two months that Baker Mayfield had a good chance to go to Carolina. There hasn't been a single team that we've looked at and said, "Yeah, I think that's where Jimmy G is going to go."
1: I'm thinking Seattle if he's released. How do how do we get how do we get this? Uh, how, what's the scenario under which he's released? How does well, that happen?
2: Well, and, and here's the problem because at some level, I think the Forty ers decide and and they they think that that Garoppolo will go along with it. You know, the the talking points from the 49ers that we've heard all offseason, oh, he's a great guy, he's a nice guy, Jimmy's a nice guy, Jimmy's a nice guy. At some point, Jimmy's got to be a butthole. I almost said the other word. You know, you can say the two words apart, but you can't say them together. You can say ass, right? (laughs) And you can say hole. You can't. But God forbid you say them together.
1: Well, I appreciate, uh, just for our sake, for this moment, uh, that you separated the two right there.
2: That's right. And I almost almost, uh, went the other way. But – what was I saying? Oh. Yes, um,
1: Jimmy the butthole. Here,
2: here's, here, Jimmy, the, Jimmy Jimmy, needs to go butthole. Jimmy needs to be, like that needs to be his mafia nickname, Jimmy the butthole Garoppolo. That's what he needs to be, because otherwise, here's what the 49ers are going to do. They're just going to squat on him, and they're going to wait for something that you can't expect to have happen. A Teddy Bridgewater injury is a rarity. Yes. Non-contact, and we, we rarely see starters play in the preseason anymore with the three games. So lightning striking and taking out a starting quarterback and all of a sudden opening up an opportunity to get a first-round pick for Garoppolo and Garoppolo gets his $25 million, that's not going to happen. So I think what, what occurs is we get to late August, early September, mm. time to set the roster. Week one is when Garoppolo's $24 million salary becomes fully guaranteed if he's still on the team. At some point before then, they're going to go to him, I think, and say, Hey, Jimmy. I mean, we'll keep you as the backup to the Trey Lance, but we're, we can't pay $25 million. And then what does he do? He's screwed at that point because everybody else has a, a depth chart that's set. And what do we hear when a quarterback gets injured? We hear we're going to go next man up, next man up, next man up. So I don't know that Garoppolo is so good that he just swoops in anywhere like Brett Favre with the Vikings in 2009, gets up to speed, and turns the team into a winner right away. Too many questions, too many injuries mm. in his history. He, he doesn't stand out as a top-five guy. I think he's going to have a hard time. This may just be a lost season. This may be about just doing whatever you can and trying to position yourself to make a good decision in free agency in 2023.
1: Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's going on, uh, at best you can tell, in New Orleans? Um, a PUP list designation, it seems, to start things off for Michael Thomas. Thought maybe an ankle injury he'd be able to just come back and go. Uh, Alvin Kamara what happened at the Pro Bowl what what what, where does that all stand for a team that does have Dennis Allen and uh, you know is Jameis gonna be ready I mean this team could be a team with certainly a defense we had Malcolm Jenkins yesterday doing its usual thing on Tampa and Brady having a shot maybe at the division you never know or completely different what can you tell me about the Saints
2: FC playoff tell. field wide open beyond the Rams and the Bucks and the Packers. I think those four spots up for grab. Now we know the NFC East is going to get one of them, but the wild card spots wide open, the Saints could be one of them. Yep. Or the Saints could fall apart. The Michael Thomas thing, I think he's going to be with the Saints this year. They redid his contract as part of their annual effort to – spins straw into salary cap space and Mickey Loomis is really good at that, but when they redid Thomas's deal, that guaranteed he's going to be part of that team. The question is when's he finally going to be able to play after an ankle injury that he suffered in garbage time against the Bucks in week one of the 2020 season. Jameis coming back from the torn ACL, they seem to be all in with him. You know, he was a, that was a team I was kind of watching for Baker Mayfield and maybe even for Jimmy G because they were in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes before they re-signed Jameis Winston. Alvin Kamara I think paid leave is a possibility for him. Mm. That doesn't get discussed very often. He's facing felony battery charges. He falls into the category of allegations that can get a guy put on paid leave. He's got a hearing coming up in August. No indication that the charges against him are going to be resolved before the season starts. The Saints are bracing for a six-game suspension minimum at some point. But before we even get to that, if these criminal charges are pending and the NFL doesn't like to take action until the criminal case is over, he could end up on paid leave. That's something to keep an eye on. So things could go a lot of different ways for the Saints this year. They could be really, really good, or it could all just fall apart. And uh, they're, they're going to be one of the more fascinating stories to watch. Because, yeah, 4-0 and against the Buccaneers in the regular season with Tom Brady over the last two years.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's a, uh, a team and a scenario that just doesn't get much run and not a lot of conversation. Um, you could make a case that Sean Payton's future gets more run than some of what's being discussed about the Saints and what you know his, his, his he's gonna he's gonna have an interesting year, Sean. Right? I mean, there's some teams that came out that that are apparently associated on his wish list, and there's some established coaches in those
3: places.
2: Well, he made a comment to Jared Bell the other day that there'll be you know six openings or so, and then that's when you have an idea of how things are going to go. Here's the reality sometime after halloween close to thanksgiving the bad teams are going to know who they are and the owners who are ready to make a change are going to be thinking how do i upgrade and i know this flies in the face of multiple nfl rules tampering rule rooney rule they don't want teams number one they don't want owners to know who they're gonna hire before they even fire the guy that they have and number two they don't want teams to be talking to people who are under contract with other organizations in a way that doesn't mesh with the rules and the rules are that you have to approach the Saints and work out a deal with the Saints for permission to even talk to Peyton and once you work out a deal with the Saints for compensation then you're allowed to talk to Peyton but the reality is the way things really work somebody's going to reach out to Peyton through back channels intermediaries before the end of the season somebody's going to know what Peyton wants to be the coach what the Saints want by way of compensation Everybody will keep their mouth shut, otherwise you end up on the radar screen and you get charged with violations of multiple rules. And then it all starts to play out after the season ends. Somebody's going to get fired, they're going to go through a search, and then we're going to hear, oh, the, the Saints are talking to insert name of team for uh, possible permission to negotiate with Sean Payton. By the time we hear that, the deal will already have been done.
1: Hmm. The deal will already have been done.
2: And and watch Dallas. I know Jerry Jones does not want us to pay attention. Playmakers, one of the chapters, talks about how Peyton was a done deal in Dallas. It was going to happen. They just needed to activate the process, which would have been, number one, fire Jason Garrett. Number two, do your search. And then, number three, go to the Saints and do a deal for Peyton. That was going to happen. I don't know if we talked about it on your show before, but that was the Anthony Davis wrinkle when he was playing for the Pelicans and Mickey Loomis was the head of the basketball operations there. Mm-hmm. Davis, July or January, excuse me, 28 of 2019, makes it known he wants out, and that's when the Saints decided we and Loomis specifically decided I can't be the guy who's responsible for both Davis and Sean Payton leaving. Or Payton would have been the coach of the Cowboys in 2019. And earlier this year, if Brian Flores doesn't file his lawsuit. Peyton would have been the coach of the Miami Dolphins. And all of it is set up behind the scenes before we ever even know it's a possibility. Wow.
1: Damn. That's uh, Mike Florio here uh, on, the, on the Rich Eisen Show. What's one thing that's on your, on your radar screen that I haven't asked you about?
2: Oh, we have entered the, the Friday afternoon summertime bad news dump window. So that's the Sean Watson ruling. That's it? I'm on Sean Watson watch all afternoon. If Judge Sue Robinson... Is on board with the NFL's preferred approach. And look, what did we get last Friday afternoon? Texans settle 30 claims. Yeah. Right? By Monday morning, we've all moved on. I mean, there's value in it. Even though we're all tied into Twitter all the time, there's value in having it dumped now because by Monday, there's other stuff to talk about. It's not going to be as intense. I'm watching because I think next week is the real window. But if she's on board with the way the NFL likes to get that news out there, it's coming this afternoon between now and five o'clock. But
1: it really wasn't 30 claims against the Texans, right? Did the Texans have to like do that? That's the one thing that I I found interesting about that announcement last week um, was there was only one individual who uh, made a claim against the Texans, like actually named the Texans, if I'm not mistaken. You're right. There's
2: one lawsuit. But the universe of people who could have made claims against the Texans was 29 others.
1: And they knew that. But so, where did they find that? You, what do you, is there a the website? It to...
2: represents, represents all of them. So uh-huh. these are all pre-lawsuit settlements. And and look, they didn't even have it. You know, I hadn't thought of this until you brought it up. Okay. They didn't have to tell us about the other 29. That's one of the benefits of settling a case before it's ever filed. You'd... You, you never even tell anyone. No one ever finds out. All we had to know was the one case against the Texans was settled. The fact that they put out there that they did all 30, that, that, uh, that to me is surprising. Because If I'm the Texans, uh, I don't know that I want to admit that I've written a check to 30 different people who accused me of wrongdoing in connection with Deshaun Watson, but I, my only guess could be that they decided they want everybody to know that their role in this is over. So it's not just we settled one and we're going to sit back and wonder whether or not number two, number three, number four, number five, and so on will be coming. Everyone knows we're out. It's done. Quit asking us about it. Quit talking about it. We're finally and fully moving on from Deshaun Watson.
1: Well, I mean, they said in their statement, this is not an admission of any wrongdoing, but instead a clear stand against any form of sexual assault and misconduct. I mean, parse that one for me, counselor. Well,
2: every civil lawsuit that gets settled either before or after the complaint is filed contains language saying there's no admission of wrongdoing. Deshaun Watson testified that their director of security, when he became aware that there was a woman who was suggesting she could expose Deshaun Watson on social media, instead of figuring out exactly what's going on, asking all the right questions, giving him all the right advice on how to change behaviors that could lead to those types of allegations, he just gave him an NDA to use, not a disclosure agreement here. You're going to go get these massages, have them sign this, and they can't go on social media and make threats about you. So I think that there needs to be a closer look at what the director of security did, what he knew, what he should have known. And this gets back to the double standard that we see sometimes between the way the league treats players and non-players. The league won't respond to the question of whether or not they investigated the Texans for personal conduct policy violations. The Texans won't respond. But at the end of the day, they settled – Thirty potential lawsuits, one actual and 29 potential lawsuits based upon allegations of their misconduct. And if you're going to potentially run Deshaun Watson out of the league for a year, if that's what you're looking for, how do you not even look into whether or not somebody with the Texans should be punished under that same policy?
1: Well, I'm kind of also looking at a different... Is this something that Sue Robinson can can take into account or everything was... The, the, the hay, if you will, was already in the barn and there's nothing else. So she's just... The documents and the testimony... Uh, on which she can rule, that's already done. Nothing like this could be added to the equation where one of the 32 teams in the NFL says that they're taking a stand against any form of sexual assault and misconduct. I mean, that that's isn't that basically saying they think Deshaun Watson did it?
2: Well, if I'm representing Deshaun Watson, the thought process I go through, and it's a tough decision. There's no calculator that you can punch the numbers into and get the right answer. Mm-hmm. When you catch wind of the text in settling these cases, you ask yourself, should we send a letter to Judge Robinson explaining this new information, asking her to consider it, asking whether or not there will be an appropriate investigation here, and if there is not going to be an appropriate investigation, then that is relevant to whether or not the punishment of Deshaun Watson should go forward. The other side of it is sometimes, if you fire that cannon, you end up pissing off the judge, and you complicate mm-hmm. your life, and <laughs> you get smacked down. That's really that's really the the analysis. Is what I'm about to do something that's going to piss off the judge in a way that potentially affects me? And uh, you know, lawyer. Even though I don't know that many judges like get mad at a lawyer and then look at the case more skeptically. But the lawyers definitely are worried about it. So there must be something to this notion of tiptoeing on eggshells and making very very careful strategic decisions. But I would at least consider making sure she, she knows that the Texans have paid out these settlements and what the league does about the Texans' behavior or the allegations against the Texans under the personal conduct policy is a relevant consideration for what a fair outcome is for Deshaun Watson.
1: Enjoy your last weekend without all 32 teams being active. Take care, man. That's uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. Take a break. We'll kind of uh, parse a little bit, we'll break down a little bit of what he said and set up hour number two. We've got two guests in that hour. Dan Wetzel of Yahoo talking about what's going on in college football and the changing landscape there. And Jason McCourty, new of Good Morning Football. That's coming up next. in store and now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com.
2: Seeking the truth never
1: gets old. First one up here is true or false. Is it true that you tip DJs at weddings you attend to not play the song
3: Footloose? I have done that. <laughs> <laughs> I have done that. Yes. And I'll tell you why. I have a, Would you like to hear my reason for that? Uh, Kevin Bacon, the floor is yours. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, I believe that a, a wedding is the one day in a non-celebrity's life when they can be the star of the show. Okay. The stars of the show are the bride and groom. The supporting cast is the bridesmaids and the parents and, you know, the best man and, and the maid of honor and all that. I don't want to make a wedding about me. It's like mm-hmm. that's the one time when it should not be about mm-hmm. about uh, the famous person in the room. So when that song comes on, what happens is I could be out on the dance floor enjoying myself. First of all, the song doesn't come on let's face it, until there's been a lot of alcohol. (laughs) So uh, people have been super, super cool and kind of like, I'm not going to invade his space. But at the point 1045, when (laughs) this jockey decides to, everyone is half in the bag and it comes on and people will form a circle around me. (laughs) And, <laughs> like it's the horror. <laughs> yeah, it's like the horror. Yeah, but I'm supposed to perform, you know, like a uh, 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 you know a trained monkey, and I I don't, I don't know. Like so it. what's the going rate to, to grease the DJ? What's well, it's been a few f- years, but okay. it's, it's probably it's probably gone up. You know, I I don't think a twenty would cut it. No, oh my gosh. <laughs> Next
1: one, uh, you based your character's hairstyle and Footloose on Sting because you're a
3: big fan of the time of the Police. Yes, that's true. That's true. Now that being said, um. I, I I said that that's what I was kind of going for. Uh, well, I mean, if you really look at m- me through the years, and you, 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 my hair has always been pretty much related to stings. <laughs> I was such a big I was such a big fan of the police, and but this haircut yeah was given to me by a hairstylist for the screen test for Footloose, and the haircut cost fifteen hundred dollars. They told me this. This is 1982. so mm-hmm. that was a lot of money. And the true story is while I was sitting there going, hold I'm getting sorry okay? holy crap, I'm getting a, a, a $1500 haircut <laughs> I look up and the guy's got his eyes closed. Come on he was cutting my hair. He was supposed to be a, he' was a genius kind of guy I think he had one name <laughs> uh, and, and uh, there he was, just like this and uh you know whatever the rest is
1: oh my gosh
3: man if you will movie history that was three years ago
1: kevin bacon coming back in hour number three that'll be a lot of fun Every golf equipment company claims to be longer off the tee, but Callaway's new Rogue ST driver is truly the only one built to completely bomb it because the speed tuning that Callaway has put in there, it makes it the fastest mode stable driver ever. The speed tune. What is that? Engineered with a new tungsten speed cartridge. Every Rogue ST's got it. Gives you more speed on off-center hits, provides more forgiveness thanks to high MOI. That's the science. The actual usage of it. It just feels great in your hand, and you feel ready to bomb it standing over the ball on the tee box. It makes you feel that much more confident. Just got to put a good swing on it. Nice take back. Good tempo. Tempo's key. Huge finish. Don't go fast. And let the Rogue ST driver do the work. There's four different types. There's one that fits your game. I guarantee it. Callaway's thought through every aspect of speed, so all you've got to do is go Rogue. Find your rogue ST driver at callawaygolf.com slash go rogue. I'm not going to lie. After today's show, I'm getting my annual physical. Oh. Which means I'm doing this entire show on an empty stomach with no coffee. (laughs) And that is not the way I usually host the Rich Eisen Show. Is that a
0: thing? You're not supposed to have any...
1: Or I'm whatever. getting, I'm getting yeah, blood taken, blood tested, uh, all that. Yeah, you can't drink or eat. Uh, there will be Sucks. a receptacle handed to me when I arrive. Yep. As well, there's that.
0: Okay.
1: Can't have, can't have any, you Mike, know. He didn't have to say it. Can't have any. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to. I mean, Mike, he's I'm dancing sorry.
3: around. What are you doing? I'm sorry. He's doing the thing.
1: I'm sorry. He walked straight through the front door. Jeez. I'm, I'm, you know, you can't have any. Um, what's the word for it? Caffeine. Toxic. Seriously, I'm like, it's, it's, it's. Whew. It's not easy. It's, it's just not easy for me. How many today.
3: hours did you have to go fasting?
1: What do you cool. mean? I, I ate dinner last night. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean I, go to, I went to sleep. When water. I woke up today, I didn't have my usual breakfast. No coffee. Good God. No coffee. Oh, that's the I never used to be a coffee drinker until I met Susie. Now I'm a coffee drinker. Now I'm just, I'm all in. Do You got, You don't have it, right? Chris? I don't drink coffee. I like tea. Okay. And you're? Are you a coffee drinker, Mikey? Of Every day, TJ, you're you not a coffee me? drinker, are you? I mean, uh, you're,
3: you, Lipton should be sponsoring the show for as much tea as I drink on, on, on so the. The two
1: of you guys are tea. It's two coffee, two two, two uh, coffee, teas. Yep. Yeah. So I got that going for me. So we got which is nice. Which <laughs> uh, is you know about two hours after the show, wherever you are, you're hearing uh, Moon River. <laughs> And <laughs> um, I'm a man of a certain age, as you pointed out, Chris. Got to get ready for my not one but two pickleball outings this weekend. Oh, just want yeah. you to stretch properly. I shall indeed. Ooh, proper the most, warm up, proper cool down. Most important stretch will be between the Saturday session and the session. Yeah. yeah I'm going to wake up Sunday morning feeling like Fred G. Sanford, and bum, bum, it's going to be rough. The man I'm coming. just sharing. I'm let's sharing. I'm, sh- I'm sharing a lot right now. I'm sharing. But that's the way I'm uh, I'm rolling. I mean, hour how long one... is
3: the pickleball session, Rich? Normally, when you're three priming? hours, three hours. That's a lot. Is it a match? Is it
1: like you oh, know, it's, it's multiple like... matches. The things oh. with with me, my, my poker buddies ask, and I, cause I. There's six of us that show up. We're gonna end up like making teams. Oh, so you do and then the we'll have Robbins a competition. First to five Got wins it. might might. Uh... I win a little of a cash prize. Oh, oh. straight cash so Now wait, suddenly Brockman's, Brockman's interested in pickleball. Brockman's Achilles can't stand up to pickleball. He oh. is very concerned about his Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> Been uh, reading a the- lot of Greek oh. tragedy
0: lately. I'm at the age where that gets yes. popped. Yeah. Doing like weird sports stuff, stuff. So I got to like really take it easy.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> Got it. You're such Can't a delicate flower. With his sipping tea over the there, injured Brockman. I have no food and no caffeine in my system, and I am oh. still hosting the show. This alone deserves any consideration. <laughs> the seg- this will be. This
0: segment we just had goes on the reel. Uh, I don't know about
1: saying? that. I don't know how good the content is. Okay. I'm just sharing. This is just a sharing moment. That's it. Fair. Dan Wetzel, Jason McCourty, Kevin Bacon, still to come and you, eight four four two zero four Rich. And uh, you mentioned uh, you're of a certain age. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is your birthday, is it not, Christopher? It's also TJ's birthday. TJ, TJ Jefferson's together. birthdays tomorrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey. How old are you, TJ? I wanna get into he it, man. He never it's... talks about his age. As you know, Henry Roth is always accurate about his age. Yes, you know, he always was accurate always about his was. age. Oh, I'm going to stay th- forever 30. Chris, how old are you tomorrow? Don't even tell him,
3: Chris.
0: Uh, let's see. Tomorrow, tomorrow's my Jackie Robinson birthday. 42.
1: Yep. 42. You're catching up, Brockman. This is when the Achilles begin to get a little tight. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he won't even <laughs> play pickleball. pickleball he match. will not play pickleball. He's it. tapped out of the pickleball challenge. Yeah. Sorry to all the pickleball folks out there that thought that Chris would actually... Pick up I mean, Mike, the pickleball gauntlet thrown. No, no, no,
3: no, no. You guys, I am not playing pretty I mean, You're the appropriate age. I will age. call the game. I will watch the game. I'll drink watching the game. I will I'll play it. and watch I the love game. it. It's an incredible. I got to try. I'd love to try it. It's so
1: much die. fun. You don't want me to die. What are you doing for your birthday tomorrow? Probably not a whole
0: lot. Next week is my kind of birthday celebration. Observe. Next, Observed. We're observing, observing next weekend. Observing. Observing Where are you going birthday. again next weekend? Going to the desert next weekend. Oh, that's right. We'll go- uh, golf trip.
2: Uh, the desert uh, the, the desert where
1: Mo, that Mo Green founded? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, uh, what are you doing this weekend, TJ?
3: I got no real plans yet. I'm not a big birthday guy, man. Like, I'll celebrate, come celebrate yours, but when it comes to mine, I'm just kind of low key. Why? I don't know. It just never really. I love really, my birthday. Just never been. Come, Mike, we know that you love your birthday. You made laminate. You made it like a whole week. Made- I'm planning my 60th now. Oh, we're already in. You how in how, years. I, how you many years? Gonna years make it? Four, four years. years. You gonna oh. make it? Yeah, of course I am.
1: He's like the Olympics. You yeah, playing please. four years in advance. <laughs> I gotta plan four years. Is there? Is there? Is there? Oh,
3: entertainment's already being. Oh, no, what, what I'm oh.
1: saying is there like a a venue competition with an announcement like the IOC does. Yes, like there we are do three that. different yes. venues that There's are competing. two venues up. to hold your event. There's two venues up. Is there an, <laughs> a, a birthday village? Yes. There's a birthday <laughs> village that's gonna be erected. New stadiums, new oh, events, birthday. new oh. venues being erected just for the event and then left is completely empty, sinking the entire co- economy once the event's over. That's, that's Mike Del Tufo's birthday, just like I the Olympics. Mean. Del I Tufo closed
3: my place after my birthday.
1: Closed. Del Tufo Gold. There's even going to be a show that I'll host around <laughs> it. I'll host right I'll here like, on I'll P- that for you. <laughs> Del Tufo Gold.
3: Del
1: Tufo. <laughs> well done, gents. Well done. <laughs>